0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Michael Reed on LMFM. This is a safe and effective vaccine. Its benefits in protecting people from COVID-19 with the associated risks of death and hospitalization outweigh the possible risks. The committee also concluded that the vaccine is not associated with an increase in the overall risk of thromboabolic events or blood clots. Now, during the investigation and review, we began to see a small number of cases of rare and unusual but very serious clotting disorders, and this then triggered a more focused review. Based on the evidence available and after days of in-depth analysis of lab results, clinical reports, autopsy reports and further information from the clinical trials, we still cannot rule out definitively a link between these cases and the vaccine.
1: This is Eamur Cook, who is uh, the executive uh, director of uh, the European Medicines Agency. She was announcing uh, the EMA findings, which was uh, then later welcomed by Neffit. Just welcome the news uh, and that they've, they've made their position clear. Obviously, after the press conference tonight, I'll need to consider it further. We'll be discussing it further in here. Uh, NIAC are meeting with counterparts across Europe as we speak. They'll be considering it further this evening and tomorrow morning. And, of course, the HPRA are reviewing uh, the the statement and the findings. So uh, we'll be deliberating between the organisations tonight and tomorrow morning, and we'll issue an update tomorrow once, once we've come to a position. Dr. Ronan Glynn telling us to expect that update today on the AstraZeneca vaccine and assuming that it is approved for use again here, Paul Reid of the HSE tells us what to expect next.
0: We would be obviously going back to some of the people who we would have planned in cohort four because we had about four and a half thousand of those done by last Sunday Uh, so we'd be going back to some of those and obviously going back to a combination of healthcare workers and more people in the cohort four that we had planned for this week. There is a time needed to contact patients, uh, to schedule patients, ultimately. Some locations may have stock that they were distributed already. Others will need to get stock distributed. No, it'll be a period of days before we get walking through them all, start the process. But some may, be, some may be quicker than that if people have
1: stock in hand. Dr. Mary Scully is a GP with uh, the Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan, And a very good morning once again to you, Dr. Scully. Do you have stock of AstraZeneca at hand?
0: No, we do not, because um, in general practice at the moment, we are getting the uh, messenger RNA vaccine to deliver to the over 70s. Because if you remember, initially, there wasn't the data to show that AstraZeneca was effective in older age groups. And so therefore we have been uh, provided with the mRNA vaccines only.
1: Okay, and what do you make of the uh, ruling from the EMA yesterday in relation to AstraZeneca? It's obviously a very important part of uh, the national rollout of uh, the vaccination programme.
0: Well, at the moment, AstraZeneca is the vaccine that's going to be used for mainly for the national rollout because it's much easier to store and to, to give. And so that's the one that has been being used for healthcare workers. It's the one that was going to be started on with the fourth cohort. So that's the one that has been being used in hospitals and by the HSE. And it's only just in general practice for the over 70s that the mRNA was being used initially. So um, I'm very pleased with the ruling by the EMA that AstraZeneca is deemed to be, uh, you know, a, a safe and effective vaccine because it's a really important vaccine um, for the whole uh, vaccine rollout going forward so it's really important that that we continue to use it.
1: Okay, there's a uh, mixed opinion, experts will always differ uh, but uh, it doesn't instill confidence when they differ on something like this uh, the University Hospital in Oslo has said that the problems that they experienced was as a result of uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine their theory is that a powerful immune response most likely triggered by the vaccine uh, had resulted in uh, the blood clots uh, that we've been hearing about. Uh, And they say that it's in particular with people under the age of 50, which is particularly bizarre, isn't it, Uh, given that there was concerns about using this vaccine in older people?
0: Yes, I've been reading up around um, this and, you know, these cases that have been reported were very unusual. They weren't your typical you know dvt clot in the leg or you know clot in the lung these were very unusual rare cases of clotting some of them in the blood vessels leading from the from the brain um, a, what's called cerebral venous sinus thrombosis there were cases of multiple clotting through the body um, but the thing about it is that these cases were exceptionally rare i think in total um worldwide there were about 25 And there have been about 20 million vaccines, AstraZeneca vaccines given at this stage. So it's of the order of slightly more than one in a million. Mm. Now, COVID itself can cause clotting.
1: And uh, and, and does.
0: And does. Yes, The risk of getting a clot which could be fatal is way higher, much, much higher uh, if you get COVID than if you get the AstraZeneca vaccine. So you have to remember, it's all proportional, Mm. um, but it's all about risk. And what is your risk if you get the vaccine versus what is your risk if you get COVID?
1: Yeah, it's um, confusing nonetheless. One in a million worldwide, uh, but people would have seen on primetime and television last night that that comes down to one in 20,000 in Norway.
0: Yep, it's still a very small number. Uh, Norway had a cluster of cases, and um, for some reason we don't really know why. And they were the ones that reported it initially, so they did have a few additional cases. But worldwide, that is kind of say the, um, the figure about roughly one in a million. And um, in the UK, there were, I think, um, you know, I don't know if they've reported any cases, and they've given
1: mm. seventeen you know, million, 11, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah seventeen million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, doses, so I know it's it's concerning for people, but you just have to remember that these cases are exceptionally rare. Mm.
1: Okay, we'll just uh, if you bear with me for a moment here, a little bit more about it uh, from the European Medicines Agency. Uh, this is Sabina Strauss talking about their study.
0: The uh, proc review of the cases of uh, thrombosis combined with thrombocytopenia has shown a predominance in some groups and notably in women and younger women of younger age. However, at the moment, it's still rather premature to conclude uh, on a very specific group because um, the background risk of thrombosis may be different in this group, but it may also be the case that more people have been vaccinated uh, in, in this specific group. For example, reflecting a predominance of younger women, And we know that in the different member states, different vaccination campaigns have uh, been going on. So the potential for uh, different risk levels is being part of the further evaluations like highlighted before.
1: Okay, Uh, that's uh, Sabina Strauss, as I say, speaking at that EMA press conference yesterday. Uh, Dr Sully, how would you interpret that? Uh, Could it be that um, it's been healthcare workers, young nurses uh, who have been receiving AstraZeneca uh, and although the reaction is very, very rare as you've been stressing uh, that's why it's manifested in, in that cohort.
0: There's a number of plausible theories for why it all seems to be in women under the age of 50. As you say, AstraZeneca has been rolled out to a lot of healthcare workers. And in the main, there often are young women under the age of 50. Also, teachers, I think, in some areas, they were getting it. So, uh, again, you know, the majority of teachers could be would be women. And then, you know, women under 50 may be exposed to other thrombogenic medications, for example, the pill. Um, you know, so the contraceptive pill in itself has quite a high risk of clotting. So again, you know, women in this age cohort may, you know, have been on the pill and perhaps the vaccine combined with that, you know, created, uh, you know, conditions for clotting. Mm. So there's a number of theories, but because this is so new and also so rare that no one really understands the um, cause. Uh, of it at
1: the moment. Mm. People get very annoyed with GPs because they question them when they come looking for the contraceptive pill but it is for exactly that reason and there's uh, a much higher chance of of, uh, clotting or stroke I take it from the contraceptive pill than there would be from this vaccine. There's a much higher Mm -hmm. chance of stroke or blood clotting uh, as a result of developing COVID Uh, Mm -hmm. but uh, these are questions that people will be asking themselves uh, when they look at at this and uh, they'll be wondering if it's safe. If people are hesitant at all, what would you say to them?
0: I would say to look at the risks. I know it is a risk, but almost everything that you take, even a paracetamol or an ibuprofen that you get over the counter, they all have risks. Um, And we're prepared to accept them. You know, there are millions of women around the world who are on the pill um, with no problem whatsoever. But there is a risk attached to that. The risk attached to the AstraZeneca vaccine is much, much lower than for any of these commonly encountered medications. And while it is there, it is a risk I think we have to kind of accept as being there, that it is an extremely small risk mm. um, and so I think we just have to get on
1: with it and accept it. And I, I know a lot of people um, who've had uh, the first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine, they felt very unwell uh, just for a day or maybe a couple of days uh, but this could be a problem as well if people are, are nervous and they're feeling unwell mm. I mean what would yeah. you say to them then should should, should they be uh, ringing the alarm bells, calling their doctor or what should they do?
0: No, uh, it is really common feel unwell after any of the vaccines um, and that's just really due to your own immune system reacting to the vaccine so the common symptoms after any of these vaccines are flu-like symptoms headache muscle pains fevers chills that sort of thing Mm. so that's common within about 24 hours of taking the vaccine and usually only lasts for two to three days maximum so I think they are the, the will be adding new information to the leaflets um, for the vaccines in terms of things to watch out for. For example, a severe headache which is progressively worsening past three days after the vaccine would be one thing. And another thing would be anything that shows that your um, platelets are low. So for example, little bleeding spots within the skin. Um, you know any unusual symptoms like that, but I can't stress enough that this is so incredibly rare, like mm. one in a million. Um, so I don't think people should be unduly alarmed about
1: it. Mm. Okay. Well, you've been straight with them this morning, and I, I know that uh, people have a, a lot of trust in what you say uh, because uh, you've. Uh uh, been giving very good uh, advice to us uh, over the course of the last year. Uh, it looks like we're in for lockdown for some time to come. Oh, uh, no no prospect, I, I'd say, of much change in April, possibly May, and uh, they're talking about June at this stage.
0: I know, it's depressing, isn't it? I oh, think dreadful. everybody's yeah. very, mm. very mm. fed up with the whole thing at the moment. Um, you know, a year later and we're still in lockdown. But, you know, the case of... Or have settled, They're not really going down, you know, and you can see why, you know, the experts are worried about it, that if we loosen the restrictions, that things will just climb back up again. Yeah. So until we've got the vaccines well rolled out, um, you know, I think that's kind of going to be the saving of us all. And that's why I'm really encouraging people to try and take this new information about AstraZeneca in proportion and see that it is uh, an extremely small
1: risk. Okay. Uh, you're vaccinated, was it AstraZeneca? Uh,
0: no, my vaccine okay. was Pfizer.
1: Okay, okay. Well, there's an awful lot of people who have had the AstraZeneca. I don't have the figures in front of me, but thousands and thousands, uh, and uh, then multiply that many times over across uh, the world. And uh, I know that uh, there's many of us, myself included, uh, who'd be very happy to take it. Uh, and
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, the advice is that whatever vaccine yeah. you're offered, take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's better than getting a blood clot, which you can get from COVID, or a stroke, which you can get from COVID, or ending up very sick or in hospital or in need of ICU or dying from COVID. Exactly. Okay, Dr. Scully, as always, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Dr. Mary Scully, GP with uh, the Abbey House Medical Centre in Avon. Michael Michael Reed on
0: on LMFM.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?